Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. The fight-or-flight adrenaline rush, in the face of unexpected, shocking, petrifying situations, the human body floods the system, and the brain decides which action would result in a greater chance of survival. So, when something happens but you can't see or understand what you're seeing, which does the brain choose? How can the brain figure out which option will save the body if it can't see the threat, but it knows one is there? In today's episode, we meet a few individuals who came upon an unexplainable threat and were forced to choose between getting out quickly or staying alive despite the fear. Okay, ready to get spooked? We start today's episode with a story by Actual Consequence 211 about a party they weren't invited to in their own home. During the summer of 2008, I stayed with a nan and uncle for a few months because I wasn't getting along with my parents. Another story for another day. While staying there, I worked overnights at a local convenience store. During the day, I was mostly alone while my aunt and uncle worked. At this point in my life, I had not experienced anything paranormal and did not believe in ghosts, spirits, or the afterlife. I was 19 and knew everything. However, as soon as I moved in, I was faced with experiences that changed my perspective forever. The first one, I was alone. It was about 9am. I had just finished my shift and was preparing to wind down and get ready for bed. I was alone as usual. I was sitting in the downstairs living room eating when seemingly out of nowhere, I heard what sounded like an adult running through the kitchen, which paralleled the living room and was completely out of view to me. A bang, and then the footsteps went into the den that connected to the kitchen. I bolted up and went to the kitchen to investigate the sound. There was a coffee pot on the floor. That must have been the bang I heard when it hit the floor. I headed towards the den to see who was in there. However, it was empty. There was no way for anyone to have been in the den and me not see them. I shrugged it off and figured I was tired and went to bed. A few weeks later, my alarm woke me up at 9pm for work. I groggily got up and headed towards the bathroom that was directly across my room. However, the door was shut. I could see the light shining from under the door and I heard the distinct sound of someone sweeping the floor. It sounded like an old-fashioned straw broom. I found this very odd considering no one besides myself used that bathroom and I couldn't think of why anyone would be sweeping at 9pm at night but I patiently waited some time for whoever was in there to finish up. After a few minutes, I couldn't wait any longer, because I had to start getting ready for work. I approached the bathroom door, I could still hear the sweeping, and I gently knocked and asked if they were almost done. But to my surprise, the sound abruptly stopped. I opened up the door and no one was there. I brushed this experience off as well and pushed it to the back of my mind. This last experience is the reason I ended up moving out. It was too terrifying to ignore what I knew was happening in that house. 
My sister stumped by during the day to see me. She and I were in the back room, hanging out and chatting. The door to the hallway was closed. My aunt and uncle were working, so we were the only two people home. As we gabbed away, we suddenly heard what sounded like 1920s music coming from downstairs. We froze and fell silent. The music grew louder and louder until it sounded like it was coming from every corner in the house. The music sounded like it was being played from a record player. My sister and I just stared at one another, too terrified to speak. Then we heard what sounded like a party erupting from downstairs. It sounded like 30 or more people were downstairs. Sounds of laughing, talking, and chinaware clinking filled the house. Then what we heard next terrified me. Loud, heavy footsteps started making their way upstairs where my sister and I were. It was slow, but purposeful. The party sounds and music had reached a deafening level, but I could still hear those heavy footsteps above all the other sounds. Eventually, I heard the footsteps make it to the second floor. Then, they slowly started stomping towards the closed door my sister and I sat behind. When the footsteps reached our door, I leapt up and yanked the door open. When I did, all the noise in the house stopped. The party, the music, the stomping. There was no one behind the door. The hallway was empty and the house was dead silent again. My sister and I wasted no time racing out of the house and staying outside until our aunt and uncle came home. They didn't believe our story and I moved out shortly afterwards and never stepped foot in that house again. That almost sounded like a residual type of haunt until you had one of those party guests decide to take an unauthorized self-guided tour of the house. You are definitely much, much braver than me to have opened the door when the footsteps reached the room because I would have locked it, cuddled with my sister probably, under the covers and just been like, here, this is when it happens, this is how we die. But you know what, kudos to you for leaving the house and knowing when enough was enough, so I totally get it. Gerardo tells us our next confounding chronicle about their grandpa's run-in with a being from Mexican folklore. My mom once told us a story that happened to my grandpa. She says that one night my grandpa was coming home from work. She says that one night my grandpa was coming home from working the fields in Puebla, Mexico. The house they were living in had a gap under their steps, like a storage kind of thing. So anyways, he was coming home and under the gap he saw a turkey and said to himself, that's a big turkey, I'll kill it and have my wife make it with mole tomorrow for dinner. So he approached it, but when he was going to swing his machete at it, it stood up and turned into a woman, and she said, Felipe, what's going on? You are about to strike me with your machete. My grandpa replied, Get the heck out of here before I strike you down, you witch. I'm letting you know now that if any baby or child turns up dead around Pueblo, I know who you are and we will look for you. My mom said that the reason the woman was there was because of my uncle. He was just a few months old at the time, and she said brujas, or witches, drink the blood of babies. So they didn't sleep that night, locking up all the doors and windows, and the next day they took my uncle to get blessed. 
My grandpa also got people together to go look for the lady, but when they arrived, the house was empty. I also have stories about when we lived behind a church. These occurrences happened when my mom, her friends, and I were outside and home alone. Please let me know if you're interested. Thank you for taking the time to read my story. You're amazing. Okay, well, thank you. You're amazing. No, but really, first of all, a big nope on the bruja hanging around outside your grandpa's house, and no. And as a turkey, no less, like, come on. Anyway, when I guest hosted on the A Spooky Tales podcast, I share my own story of my family's history with a lechusa, which is kind of what's happening here if you have some recollection or understanding of Mexican folklore and what the lechusa means. But basically, in the form of now, but brujas will also do, if they're doing naughty things like, you know, drinking the blood of babies as this bruja obviously wanted to do to your uncle, if they're doing that, it really is that they're disguising themselves to be, you know, inconspicuous and things like that. So I wonder what she was really there for, other than maybe what your family speculates. Maybe there was somebody who put a curse on your family for that. But anyways, I commend your grandpa for doing what he should have done which was threaten the witch and get them to go, which is exactly what you would do for a lechusa if you believe in it, which I do. And again, I highly recommend going to the Spooky Tales podcast to listen to it if you want to hear that story of mine more in depth. Now, second of all, of course, we want to hear more stories. So please, we eagerly await anything else you want to share with us. The next eerie encounter comes from your local alchemist who asks a simple question. Who is following me? For many years of my life, I've been followed by something. And tonight, I'm at my wit's end, and I'm reaching out hoping someone has an idea. When I was around eight, I had my first encounter. All that happened was I felt a hard grasp on my shoulder, but no one was there. The next major encounter happened in a different house when I was about 15. Up until then, there was the occasional weird feeling of being watched. But when I was 15, I was chatting with a friend over the phone around one in the morning. I think, uh, I don't know, but I felt off. So, for context... I had a grate next to my bed that led into a room for insulation. Anyways, I got out of bed because I felt weird, and I saw a figure of a person in the street, but its shadow was significantly longer than it should have been, reaching all the way down the street despite the light shining almost right behind it. I panicked and went back to bed, but noticed the grate was moved, with just the empty room open. I quickly put the grate back on the opening and looked out to the street, and the figure was gone. That was it for that night. A couple months ago at my current apartment, I dreamed an out-of-body experience where I saw the figure standing in the corner of the room, watching me and my girlfriend sleep. She also said she had a similar dream. A few weeks later, I got this overwhelming feeling I was being watched. I left my apartment to pick up my brother from work after dark and felt paranoia the whole way there. Once I parked while waiting... I looked up from my phone and for a split second saw it in the side mirror, watching from behind my car. 
It was a gray-skinned, ball humanoid with pale yellow eyes and no mouth. Tonight, I had a similar feeling, and I just want ideas of what this could be. Okay, so I don't have any concrete answers for you, but what you describe almost sounds similar to the rake. The only difference is your creature not having a mouth while the rake does have one. The only difference is your creature not having a mouth while the rake does have one. I'd be interested to hear what any other people may think this creature could be and what the significance is. I'd be interested to hear what any other people may think this creature could be and what the significance is. Why would it be following you all this time? Hopefully, somebody out there has some answers. Our next story is from an anonymous writer, who so succinctly said it themselves. So, I was curious, and I think I effed around and found out. I was reminiscing about when my dad and I used to download ghost hunting apps and run around his apartment complex looking for ghosts. So, I re-downloaded one today. It's just called Ghost Hunting Tools and is an EMF reader and spirit box, or supposedly is. Anyways, I had it open for about 15 minutes and the readings were relatively normal. Spewed out random words every couple of minutes, who knows. I noticed when it would spit out a word, the energy levels would spike a bit before almost mimicking how I would imagine a spirit would draw energy. Like, it would build up and EMF levels would go up, then down once the word was out. I figured it was fake, but kept it open in the background. I decided to try a pendulum game with a bracelet that I read about online. It's said to ask out loud, what side is yes, and all that. I kind of felt it go to one side when I asked, so I confirmed with the question, Do you understand? And I felt it almost definitely start to move to the side it assigned to, Yes. It was around this point I started to feel nervous. Something just wasn't right, and I read that if I were to feel this way, in the game immediately by saying goodbye. So I did. I turned around to my phone, which was still open with the app on my bed. The EMF reader was spiking at the highest level. I'm not joking, it was spitting out words within seconds of each other. When the entire time I had it open, it spit only random words out every couple of minutes. I got words like, Near you. Shoot. Diablo. I immediately held up the pendulum again and sternly said, I said goodbye. And the levels went down and the scary messages stopped. But I'm scared. I wasn't even sure this was real, and I'm starting to think it was. I don't know how to explain this, and I'm scared I didn't do enough to ward away whatever I may have been in communication with. What do I do? Mm -hmm. 
So oftentimes we can stumble into things that we're not prepared to deal with, right? So when we're exploring the supernatural and the paranormal, we often walk in thinking we have all the tools we need, right? That we're protected in some way. What I would recommend doing in this instance, especially because it's feeding off the fear that you feel with the unknown, is if you have an opportunity, it doesn't have to be sage, it could be Palo Santo, which I think works exceptionally well. And there's also this whole, you know, mentality around the cultivation of sage and who really can use it. So I always stick to Palo Santo because I think that it's more appropriate. You can buy a stick of it on Amazon. I actually have Amazon links to some of the things that I recommend and I use personally in my home. So I'll include a link to it in the show notes so that you have access to it. But ultimately what I would recommend doing is going around your home, not with the pendulum or anything like that, just like in your space in general, and practice some mindfulness techniques. You can sit on the couch, you can sit on your bed in a place where you feel most comfortable and most safe and really start to envision yourself being protected by a bubble of energy and the way that it works for me and whatever works for you in terms of visualizing it is protecting yourself with a white light, right? It wards off anything. So imagine that you have this bubble, dome, whatever, this aura of energy of white and pure good energy around you and nothing can penetrate it without your permission, meaning you say what's allowed and what's not allowed. So only good, welcoming, positive energy is allowed in your space and start to visualize that. So take like five to 10 minutes each day and prepare yourself and build the confidence in yourself to really feel how strong you are as a person and how much stronger you are than any of what's going on around you. Sometimes things like this happen to instill fear and that's what they feed off to build their energy. And it's really nothing, right? Other times, it can be just that, you know, you tapped into something that you weren't prepared to tap into, which is what it seems like here. So continue to be stern. You are the boss in this situation. And like I said, bless your home, bless yourself, and really just empower yourself every day to say that you're protected. That's the best that I can think of to do. But of course, our listeners are amazing. My mom is also really incredible. And I know that she'll have some advice. So if you would like that, she'll tell me what it is and I'll make mention of it on the next show. Okay, so I'm Unarmed Bruv concludes this episode with a weird encounter at sea. So basically this happened to me when I was working as a second officer on board a heavy lifting vessel about one year ago during my watch. The scariest thing I have encountered was during a routine night shift while passing through the Atlantic Ocean. I was doing laps around the bridge console to get some exercise while on watch from 0 to 400 and to relax a little bit. While passing the bridge windows, I saw someone walking from aft to forward on the starboard side which was not unusual. Just the time at 01.30 was surprising. The crew was allowed to go outside whenever they wanted, so I didn't mind it at first. When I passed by the window again after doing a full lap, I noticed he was standing between the cargo hold number one and the windbreaker, with his back turned to me looking towards forward. I stopped to see what he was doing, and suddenly he turned around looking straight at me and started to wave with his hand while standing perfectly still. 
This made me uneasy because at this time I started to notice some weird things. For example, he was wearing a white overall, which is normal for officers. But at our company, all overalls for officers and ratings are red with silver reflective strips on the shoulders. Also, he was wearing an orange helmet, which could have been possible, we have some, but all crew has white helmets. Also, it should have been impossible to see me from forward. All lights on the bridge were off and the deck lights were on, reflecting when watching from below. So, while this person is standing there waving at me, I walk over to the console and grab my radio and I try calling him. No response. He just kept waving, following me while walking around the bridge with his head. I saw him on the starboard side bridge and the radio was on port side bridge near the cart table. After calling him again and only receiving static noises, I went back to the light console to turn on bridge spotlights, which flooded the deck with light. I looked up from the console, and he was gone. So I think to myself, okay, he might be hiding in the stairway to the paint store, or he is inside the passage to forward station inside the windbreaker. I waited with the lights on, and after 30 minutes or so, I decided to turn the lights off, but kept watching for some time. I didn't see him again. The next morning I asked around if anyone was on deck during my watch, but everyone confirmed that they were sleeping during that time, which made sense to me and it seemed like they were telling the truth. Also, no one owns a white overall because again, our overalls are all red. Why would anyone walk around on deck at 0130 hours? We have no safety round and usually no additional lookout who is awake at this time. Usually it's only me during my watch. Some guys thought it was a prank, but no one knew anything about anyone planning or doing anything like this, not even when I asked them to tell me the truth. I believe them, because why would they lie about this? I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it. I'm not gonna lie, they would have gotten me good, so I would have laughed with the prankster, but no one said anything or admitted to it, even months later. What really freaked me out about this is the stiff movement of the person and the sudden staring while standing still. I can't explain what I saw and I have no reasonable explanation to this day because no one admitted to pranking me or going on deck at this time. Also, the sudden disappearance when turning on the floodlights is still unexplained. I checked the spot where I saw the person and there was no evidence of hiding anywhere. The paint store stairway and the entrance to Boson store was locked every evening and it was still locked when I checked it in the morning. So... Yeah, this was the only weird experience I had while working at sea for the last five years. I still cannot explain what I saw. I don't believe it was some hallucination because I saw him for at least five minutes. He only disappeared when I turned on the floodlights. This was the only time I saw anything like it. Okay, so not a fan of this story because imagine being on the ocean and seeing a ghost because there's like no explanation for that right like this isn't a random person who just happened to make their way onto a vessel they found a little boat and they came on from the dinghy or something like that's not happening and I would have freaked out so you handled yourself exceptionally well and I also want to thank my watching of below deck for even understanding a word that you said in this story because I'm lost when it comes to boats I'm curious, have you looked into the history of the vessel you were on? And were those color overalls ever in use at any point? And here's the thing, 
There's also the idea that spirits are able to draw more energy from water, and you were in the middle of a huge body of salty water, which could explain how the entity was able to manifest itself entirely and for a prolonged period of time. Now, if you do find out any history on the vessel and you want to share, please let us know. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me, hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter, for now, at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance by Jesse Hawk, writing assistance by Sherilyn Reyes. The official composer and audio smith for the show is Neeks at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that?